You can your Bible oopmaak by Jesaja 44, Isaiah 44, verse 6. Isaiah 44, verse 6. And I will now be in the preaching of the Engelsman for the person who is not So, the theme of this passage, it's actually Isaiah 44, verse 6. To 20, I'm only going to do one point tonight, and that's only verse 6, 7, and 8. So, it's not all three verses that I'm going to preach, and then next week I'll do the second part from verse 8 to, or at least verse 9 to 20. And the theme is Mensen's Afgoede in the God of the Bible. Human idols and the God of the Bible. So tonight then we're looking at the God of the Bible and then next week too we're looking, we'll uh, look at human idols. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again we pause and call on your name. Here, what beteken hierdie preek vanavond? Sonder die Heilige Gees. We do pray for the help of the Holy Spirit. To open our eyes that we may behold wondrous things out of your law. Ons bid, Heere, gee aan ons gees van wijsheid en van openbaring in die kennis van God. Strengthening us in the inner man that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. We who are rooted and grounded in the love of Christ. Dat ons iets mag begryp van die hoogte, lengte, breedte en diepte van Christus' liefde die liefde wat alle kennis oortref, that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. Asseblief, Heere, doe nie die werk in ons. Ons wil nie die selfde wees, as wat ons net gister was, en laas week was nie. We want to change. We want to be conformed, not to the world, but be transformed into the image of your beloved Son, through whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Asseblief, doe nie die werk in ons. Help, dat die Afrikaanse mense wat bykie met Engels sikkel, dat hulle toch die Engels kan volg, en uh, dan vir die Afrikaans wat ek praat, dat het nie, nie te veel van die punt af sal gaan, dat die wat Engels is nie verstaan nie. Asseblief, doe nie die werk in ons midde. Amen. Is it possible for a, let's say, a new Christian, or even a Christian who's who's been saved for some time, a Christian in China, is it possible for that Christian to sometimes be tempted to worship an idol made of stone, and then to actually go and bow to the idol and ask, please help me, and then afterward to be really sorry about his sin and have remorse because it grieves God, idolatry grieves God, and then to ask, oh Lord, forgive me. Is that possible? Is it worth it? Okay, let's shift it. Let's shift the illustration and take it to the Western world. In die Westerse samenleving, is it moeilijk, possible, that a Christian in our culture 
can make an idol of money or pleasure or food of chamak of its honors? Is it possible that we tempted to it and sometimes give in to that temptation? This moonlight. Colossians, Colossians 3 verse 5. Colossians 3 verse 5 say, Gierigheid is afgoederij. Why would Paul even say that these lusts and these desires is idolatry if the Colossians weren't tempted to it? Want ons word versoek dat toe en geep het toe. Paul Tripp scheer die story where he went to India and saw this massive statue, an idol in uh, and then he, he saw the people bowing to the idol and he runs to his car and he says he has tears in his eyes and says, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you God that I'm not like that. Thank you, thank you that you saved me. And then it struck him. You're exactly like that. We just, we just don't have a visible stone idol. Maar ons word versoek om afgoede te aanbid. Nou ek sê nie ons leven afgoede nie. We, we, don't, we don't live for idols, but the old sinful nature sometimes leans toward it. In ons word versoek, in ons neig dan. Now, this passage, Isaiah 44 verse 6 to 20, just shows us how stupid, there's not another word to say that, how stupid idolatry is. Who dom is afgoederij, and it teaches us who the true God is, en dat ons hom moet aanbid. So, vanavond kyk ons dan net na punt 1, point number 1, the only God. And we'll just look at that tonight and next week, point number 2, which is about idols. So, verse 6 to 8. So sê die Heere, die koning van Israel, en sy losser, sy verlosser, die Heere van die leerskare, ek is die eerste, en ek is die laaste, en buiten my is daar geen God nie. En wie roep soos ek, laat hom het dan te kennen geen aan my voorlee, van dat ek die volk van die oudheid gegrond het. En laat hulle, laat hulle die toekomstige dinge wat sal gebeur te kennen gee. Wees nie verskrik nie. Moe nie bewe nie. Het ek hier het nie lang tevore laat hoor en te kennen gegee nie? En jylle is my getuies. Is daar God buiten my? Ja, Daar is geen rotsteen nie. Ek ken geen een nie. Monotheisme, monotheisme. Monotheisme beteken, jy aanbid een God. Mono, Griekse woord, een, Theos, God. Een God. Polytheisme, polytheisme. Polu, baia, Mon, uh, Theos, God, baie goede. Byvoorbeeld die Romeine, the Romans or the Greeks, die Romeine het gehad Neptunus, Neptune, die God van die see, uh, Venus, die godin van liefde, Jupiter, die oppergod, uh, Mars, Mars, the God of War, God van oorlog, uh, die Griekse name verander net, uh, Neptunus is Poseidon, of uh, Jupiter is Zeus, um, of uh, Venus as Aphrodite, and so on. So, in, in ons tijd, no more Roman gods, no more Greek gods, but in our time, uh, Hindus. Hindus is polytheist. 
Ons christene is monotheiste. So ons glo in een God, nou islam ook, monotheists, uh, die jode ook, Jews, monotheists, maar ons natuurlijk, we worship the true God. The true God, the God of scripture, who is he? So this passage is going to tell us who he is. So eerste in vers 16 jy, as thus says the Lord, the King of Israel, and its Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. So, so hy is die Heere van die leerskare, leerskare beteken net weermachtkinders, in Engels army, the God of the heavenly armies. Um, he is the King, sê dit vir ons, the King of Israel, en dan die woord Heere, wat beteken Heere? What does Lord mean? It speaks of the sovereign one. Nee, hy is Heerse, so hy is die souvereine een ook hierso. And actually, verse 6 is speaking of who? Who is the Lord? Who is the King of Israel? Jesus, nee. Jesus. Um, en dit sien ons in die Nieuwe Testament, to Philippus kom na Jesus toe, of hy gaan roep vir Nathaniel, en to Nathaniel by Jesus kom, to sê Nathaniel, sure, hier is so wonderlik, you are the king of Israel. En dan, is hy nie die een wat op die troon van sy vader David gaan sit nie? So hy is die koning. Is hy nie die een toe Jesus aan die kruis aan? Jesus of Nazareth, king of the Jews. So Jesus is hy die koning. Of Philippense 2, elke knie sal buig, elke tong sal belei. Jesus Christus is Heere, Lord. Nee, En dis wat hy die vers vir ons sê. So, Jesus is die God van Jesaja 44 vers 6. So, wat toepassing betref, ons het die toepas. Anyone who seeks the Father without the Son is an idolater. Hy aanbid a afgod. En dit sê 1 Johannes vir ons. He who denies the Father, or denies the Son, denies the Father. And then 1 John 5 verse 20, He is the true God and eternal life. My little children, keep yourselves from idols. Implying what John is saying, as if you worship Christ, or at least if you say you worship God, without Christ, you're worshiping an idol. So die Jehovah's getuies, die moslims, die jode, aanbid af, afgod. They're not worshipping the true God. So you can't pray with a Muslim, you can't pray with a Jehovah's Witness, you can't pray with a Jew and say we're worshipping the same God. We're not. If you reject Christ, you reject the Father. And then you have no true God. Then also, who is he? Also in verse 6 it tells us he is the redeemer. Hy is die verloser. Hy is die verloser van Israel. Hy het verloos uit Egypte. Hy het verloos uit Babylon. And he's the one who redeems us from our sins. And again, that is fulfilled in Christ. Want omdat jy die Jesus gebore is in Bethlehem, in Lukas 2 vers 11, toe kom die engele, en die engele sê, Good news, good news, to you has been born Christ the Lord, and he's the Savior. So hy is hy verloser van vers 6 daar so. Um, en ons weet natuurlijk, as dit so is, if Jesus is the Savior, the Redeemer, he's not a Redeemer that doesn't redeem. Hy is nie verloser wat nie verloos nie. En baie christene, some Christians, they don't say it this way, but it's implied in what they believe about the cross. Did Jesus die simply to make salvation possible? Or did he actually save by his death on the cross? 
Hy het nie net redden moendlik gemaakt en nie just hope, well I hope someone believes, hoop iemand aanvaar die. Nee, Jezus sal suksesvol wees in sy kruisdood en hy het verlost door sy kruisdood. Matthew 1 verse 21, His name shall be called Jesus for it is he who will save his people. Not just make salvation possible, save his people from their sins. I lay my life down for my sheep. God bought the church with his own blood. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Jesus het gered door sy dood. Nie net gesê, ek maak het moendlik en ek hoop iets gebeur. Do you know any other God who can save? Men, selfs die, die heidense afgoede, Hindus of, of Moslems, hulle goede red hulle nie, our God is the Redeemer. Christ is the Savior. John Blanchard tells a story of uh, he was he went to preach at an, uh, at an Easter uh, really a Good Friday service at some part of England I can't remember. And as he's driving in the car, he sees a couple of young guys in their soccer gear. So soccer kleren aan, gooi duim, hulle soek lift. And uh, John Blanchard stop and I lie in. And I say, oh, so he talks about soccer and then it turns to the gospel and he says, do you know what day today is? And I say, yes, it's Good Friday. And then he says, do you know what happened on Good Friday? And they say, yes, Jesus died to, so that, to save us from our sins, so that we can be free, free from our sins. And John Blanchard says to the young guy, and are you? A year later, he goes and preaches at the same church on the same day, Good Friday. And after he had preached, this young guy comes forward and says, Do you remember me? <laughs> and it's one of these young men. God saved him. He said, What you told me that day bothered me. And to ready it all. And then he says in verse 6 also, I say, Ek sê eerste en die laaste, the first and the last. So hy is die eerste, everything exists because of him. Alles ontstaan uit God. Hy is die eerste. Hy is die laaste, alles bestaan vir hom. For from him and through him and to him are all things. Who is the person speaking in verse 6 when he says on the first and the last? <coughs> Colossians 1 verse 16. Colossians 1 16. From him or through Christ, everything came into existence. And it was created for him. So it is eitom in his derom and Revelation 1 verse 17. Jesus says, I'm the first and the last. Openbaring 2 verse 8. Ek sê eerste en die laaste. Openbaring hoofstuk 22 verse 13. Ek sê eerste en die laaste. I think you should mark that in your Bible. And then you should write, cross-reference Revelation 117. Because if Mr. Jehovah's Witness comes to you and goes, well, Jesus is not God. <laughs> Show that verse to him. Wees vir hom die vers. Ek is die eerste en die laaste. En dan wees jy om openbaring 117. Jesus sê, ek is die eerste en die laaste. So dat jy nie gevang word. Soos a vrou, a very good church in Job. Where uh, uh, one of their members was tricked by the Jehovah's Witnesses. And she, she was 
she was excommunicated. So he's van die kerk afgesneed, because they tried showing her Jesus is God, and she just believed what the Jehovah's Witnesses told her. So you, you don't have to ever doubt that Jesus is God. On bid om met vrijmoedigheid. Hij is die eerste en die laatste. And then, in verse 6, at the end, it says, uh, Outside of me there is no God. Buiten my is daar geen God nie, then again in verse 8. So, na by die einde van verse 8, is daar a God buiten my. Uh, 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, uh, chapter 8, verse 4 to 6. Dit um, wat Paulus vir die Korintheers gesê het, oor afgoede en die ware God. Hy sê, uh, wat dan die eet van die offervleis aan die afgoede betref, weet ons dat de afgod niks in die wereld is nie, en dat daar geen ander God is nie, behalwe een. Want al is daar ook sogenaamde goede, dat of die hemel of op die aarde is, soos daar baie goede en Heere is, toch is daar vir ons maar een God, die Vader, uit wie alles is, en ons tot hom, en een Heere Jesus Christus, dier wie alles is, en ons tot hom. So, if there is one God, soos die tekst sê, then it's untrue, untrue the accusation that Muslims often bring, we believe in three gods. Ons geloo nie in drie goede nie. Ons geloo nie in drie goede nie, ons geloo in een God, soos vers 6 tot 8 sê, and yet, we are not Jesus only. Dat is a group, United Pentecostal, we het oneness Pentecostalism, wat sê, nee, dat is net een persoon. No, no, there is one God, yet he is three persons. Nee, three persons, one God. Dis wat ons geloo, net soos die Jesus gedoop is. Nee, toos Jesus gedoop, en die Heilige Geest kom uit die himmel, en die Vader sê, this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. There you have the Son, the Spirit, and the Father at the baptism of Jesus. So this one God, we believe he's three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Doop hulle in die naam van die Vader, die Seen, en die Heilige Geest. Name, singular, baptizing them in the name, and then Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Drie persone, een God. Selfde, so eindelijk wat ons kan sê, eindelijk wat ons kan sê is, God is een, maar is ook enig. God is one, and yet, it's a unity also. Deuteronomy 6 verse 4, when it says, Hear O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Dan beteken het nie net, oor is een God nie. It also means, that Hebrew word echad, is the same word used for, a man and his wife shall become one. So it's two persons that are one. And with God, it's three persons that is one God. Nee, die Afrikaans sê dit mooi. Oor oor Israel, die Heere jou God, Die Heere is een enige Heere. Nee, het is meer as een persoon. So die Vader is God, Ephesians 4 verse 6, one God and Father. The Son is God, uh, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word is God, God blessed over all, in Romans 9 verse 5, referring to Jesus, the fullness of God, the fullness of God dwells in Christ bodily, uh, nee, die volheid van God is in Christus belichaam, Colossense 2, 9, your thro- um, um, Hebrews 1 verse 8, O God, your throne is forever and ever, God says to God, nee, so daar het die vader wat met die seen praat, en dan die heilige geest is God, Ananias, why did you lie to the Holy Spirit, you did not lie to men, you lied to God, so dan is die heilige geest ook God, um, die heilige geest 
niemand ken die diep dinge van God nie, niemand ken die volle kennis van God nie, behalwe die gees. Net soos, wie weet wat jy dink, doe net, jy. Die gees van die persoon weet wat hy dink, and the Spirit of God searches the deep things of God and knows the thoughts of God. If you know all God's thoughts, who are you? Then you must be God. And that's what the Spirit does. I heard as I listened to a sermon of Michael Reeves uh, in December, the end of December. Excellent sermon on the Trinity. And I could find you to tell the Bible study for who he my karaoke. If you have, Michael Reeves says, if you have a one person God, so as Muslims, Allah, one person, of If you have a one person God, what did he do before creation? really lonely and who did he love before creation <laughs> he was insam gewees and no one to love and he and that's why he created them because he needs us he needs us and and he needs a creation to love he doesn't have perfect love within himself and then what happens, Michael Reeves says, he drains you, he sucks the life out of you, he needs you, he needs, he, 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 if you have a God who is three persons, he had perfect love and fellowship before creation. The Father with the Son, the Son with the Father, the Spirit communicating the love between the Father and the Son, and life the life that the Father gives to His Son, um, John 5:26, what it says, um, "The Father it on my gegee om leven in myself te." So he die perfecte leven, die perfecte liefde, die perfecte gemeenskap voor die skepper, and then that love and that life in the Father, in the Son, the Spirit communicating this love between the Father and the Son, that just overflows when God creates the world and it that fluid word in His skepping. So God doesn't create because He needs us. God doesn't create because He's lonely. It's just an overflowing of love and life. In I skip tot sy eie eer en vir sy eie plesier. Revelation 4.11, openbaring 4 vers 11, wat hy hiervoor geprys word. Dit sê in openbaring hoofstuk 4, waar hy aan bid word in die hemel, hy is waardig oor Heere om te ontvang die heerlijkheid, die eer en die kracht, want hy het alles geskape en dier hy wil. Bestaan hy en het hy geskape, die King James sê, for thy pleasure they are created. Nie want hy het ons nodig nie. So we, we really receive the benefits of, the benefits of this God who doesn't suck the life out of you, this God who just gives overflowing love and life. Hy gee, hy gee, hy gee in sy groot liefde. Hy gee sonskyn en reen en familie en vriende. He gives marriage and food and work and holidays and playing and warm clothes and a fireplace in the winter and animals and the ocean and above all of this he gives his son hy gee en dan kom die seun sê Michael Reeves dan kom die seun and the son shows you exactly how the father is the father gives life the son gives life hy het sy leven gegee 
En dan gee God vir ons die heilige geest en die bybel en die kerk, die gemeenskap van gelovig is gebed and you can just keep on. All these good gifts of God. So the Trinity, the three unite, it's not just a theory that changes nothing. It changes everything. Die drie eenheid verander alles. Daai liefde wat die, wat die Heilige Geest communikeert tussen die Vader en die Seen. Onthou die liefde tussen die Vader en die Seen. The love between the Father and the Son, it's not, it's not a something, it's a someone, it's a person. It's the Holy Spirit. And that same love He now communicates to our souls, to our lives, to our hearts. Romans 5 verse 5, waar hy sê dat... God het sy liefde in ons hart uitgestort, hoe? Deer die heilige geest, wat hy in ons gegeet. He gives that love, pours it into our hearts. And then, you enjoy this love, you receive this life, by faith, you enjoy this love and life, through the word of God, through prayer, through the fellowship of the saints, and so forth and so forth. Um, through obedience to the word. John 14, 23, waar Jesus gesê, Hy sê, um, as iemand my lief het, sal hy my geboeie gehoorsam. En, as jy my geboeie gehoorsam, sal die Vader jou lief het. En ek en die Vader, the Father and I, will make our dwelling with him. So you enjoy this life of the triune God. Dit is die eeuwige lewe dat hy ek ken, John 17:3. The only true God and Jesus Christ whom you sent. So you enjoy this life by knowing God. Ephesians 2, Ephesians 2 verse 18, wat sê, nou het ons beide, al twee van ons, die jode en die heidene, toegang tot een vader, of toegang tot die vader, in die geest, in een geest, dier Jesus Christus. So ons geniet hierdie, hierdie gemeenskap, met die vader, die seen en die heilige geest, it's the life of God, and you brought into it, and the life of God, the divine nature is in you, you don't become God, but God's very life, what's the name for God's life? Wat noem jy Godse leven? Eternal life, <laughs> en dit gee jy nou in jou hart, en jy geniet het, 2 Peter 1 verse 4, um, Ephesians 4 verse 4 to 6, so now I've got one God, one, uh, one Lord, one Spirit, one Father, but it's only one God, and now what happens, now there's one body, one hope, one baptism, one faith, and yet all die eenheid, and it's really intertwined, the unity we have with God, yet dit, yet die Heerese lewe binnen in jou, our fellowship is with the Father, and with His Son, Jesus Christ. En dan ook in vers 7, vers 7, uh, the point of verse 7 is, does niemand so sy nie. No one is like God. That's the point of verse 7. He says, come on, bring these idols, bring hulle. Bring the idols, let's see who's like the Lord. Does niemand so sy nie. Hy is uniek, hy is, hy is heilig, hy is een van a soort, he's exalted above all, he's in a category of his own. He's a holy God. Soos ons gesien het in hoofstuk 40 vers 18, in vers 25, waar die Heere sê, kom, bring jylle afgoede, wie van dis is ek? Jy kan God met niemand vergelijk nie, niemand. God is in a class of his own. Piper, John Piper het gesê, jy kan, uh, you, can, you can put everything in, into a category. Uh, Nicole, wat is Mars? A wat? A planeet 
roof wat is een bloekom een boom is een tree no no not a Mars ball Mars the planet <laughs> yeah but Mars can be a chocolate also but it's still in the category and so you go, can go on uh, what is a, a Jap- what is Japanese to net it's a nation or a language okay you can put everything into a class what is God God is God God is in a class of his own he's holy that's what on andere wat het beteken om heilig te wees. Meen, kyk uit in vers 7. Kan die, kan die gode van die ander nasies, het hulle ooit een volk gekies vir hulle self en gaan red? Did any of the gods choose and save a nation? Verse 7 says no. Bring those gods. Show them to me. Only the Lord has done it. Can any of the gods predict the future? Can they prophesy? Kan enige van hulle sê, hier is wat morgen gaan gebeur. None of them can. Verse 7 tells us, we saw it in chapter 41, verse 22 and verse 23. We saw that. Bring these gods. Let them predict the future. Let's know they are gods. They cannot predict. So they know gods. But Israel, versieve sê vir ons, hulle kan getuig. They can bear witness. God has predicted the future in the past. In past times, God has predicted and he has fulfilled it. Hy profiteer en doen het. Hy is die ware God. So, so that means, I just had to talk to my, I had to talk to myself this afternoon. And for myself say, don't be anxious about tomorrow. Don't be anxious about the future. Dis nie nodig om te stress oor die toekomst nie. If God knows the future, if God controls the future, if God determines the future, we're really silly to bite our nails about tomorrow. Is God not the one who sees the end from the beginning, who says, my counsel shall stand, all that I desire that I shall do, my purpose shall stand, all that I counsel I shall do. Uh, all my days were written in your book before any of them were. So what helps it om te stress oor morgen, oor die dag van morgen, oor die toekomst, as Matthies 6 vers 34 jou sê. Moe nie stress oor morgen nie. Moe nie jou bekommer oor morgen nie. Morgen het mos genoeg probleme van sy eie. As jy daar kom, gaan die Heere jou kracht gee. Only God is eternal. Only God is outside of time. You and I are not. And no one else is. So you can't be in tomorrow and change it. So what does it help to be anxious for it? Dit help nie. Jy weet om in morgen te wil leven nie. Satan tempts us in many ways, but two great ways. He either tempts you to live in the past or in the future. And God wants you to live in today and trust Him. Dat die Heere genoeg kracht gee vir vandag. And this really struck me some years ago. I read this in a book on anxiety, fear, worry, and anxiety. And the author said, God doesn't give you strength to deal with situations you make up about things that are going to happen next week or tomorrow or in three days' time. God gives you strength to deal with real situations. So this is for you the Heere moet dan vertrouw, nie stress oor morgen. So gloor die Heere, hy is leer genoeg kracht geef vir vandag. Genoeg, moet nie die toekomst leef nie. His mercies are new every morning. Okay, dan 
lastly for tonight in verse 8. Het ek nou iets gemis hier? No, I did talk about verse 8 also. Alright, so right at the end of verse 8, daar is geen rotsteen nie, ek ken geen jy nie. There is no rock like our God. En daar is klomp tekst in die Bijbel wat het sê, Deuteronomy 32 verse 4, het begin so, die rots. Van die Heere is die rots. Ons sing ook rock of ages, nee. Ehm, en in Psalm 18, en in Psalm 19, en in Psalm hoofstuk 62, oor en oor, hy is ons rots, hy is ons vesting, hy is ons fondatie, hy is ons skuilplek, so ons is vast in die Heere, so eindelijk wat het sê, if this says God is our rock, it just means he is immovable, hy is standvastig, hy gaan nie skuif nie, he's not like the idols, the idols you can't trust them, God is immovable, he is the rock, hy is vaster as is rock in Australia, wat 3.6 kilometer lang is daar rots, 2.4 kilometer breed, 348 meter hoog, is die tweede grootste rots in die wereld, daar is een groter in West-Australië, maar is nie so bekend nie, Ezrock is the most famous one, but our God is more immovable, more steadfast than Ezrock, he stands fast, who is this rock? Jesus, Isaiah 8 verse 14, a rock of offense. Ja, hy sê die rots. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 4. Christus is die rots, wat saam met die Israelite dier die woestijn getrek het. Hy is die rots op wie ons vertrou. So bou op hom. Build on this rock by obeying the words of Christ. Nee, die dwaase obou sy huis op sand. Hy hoor Jesus' woorde, maar hy doen het nie. Die ou wat Christus' woorde hoor en hy doen dit, hy bou sy huis op die rots. And that is a really great help, this rock in a country like South Africa. And not only South Africa, any country in the world. There's so much uncertainty, uncertainty about the economy, uncertainty about politics and the political situation. Onsekerheid oor reen in die Westkaap, ok, daar is nou reen, maar onsekerheid oor weerspatrone, onsekerheid oor werk, uncertainty about property and farms. Uncertainty about work for your children and tertiary uplifting. They burn the university, so where are the kids going to stay? So there's uncertainty about all these things. There is certainty in Jesus Christ. The rock. The rock. And it's going to stand up on. So ask God. Ask Him. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Lei my na die woordrots, sê Psalm 61 vers 3. This is the God who has drawn us from the mud and he sets our feet upon what? The rock. Let's pray.